Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the LFC Repos podcast. I'm your host Les Lawson and I'm joined tonight as usual by my partners in crime Tom Keegan and Pete Warburton. Tonight we've got a mixture of the late flag in which we'll talk about last night's game against Leicester City and also our normal weekly podcast in which we'll talk about the, the new investments in Liverpool and also preview the game against Tottenham on Saturday tea time. So we'll start off by looking back at Liverpool's 3-1 victory against Leicester. In, I'm going to be old school and call it the League Cup. And I'll start with Tom, who, who passed the late fitness test himself and returned to Anfield last night for his, for his first game of the season. And, you know, you've seen the team, Curtis Jones as captain, but not only captain, playing right back, Gakpo up front with, with Jota and Doak. Um and you know Kwan's a partner and um Ibu at the centre of defence. So what did you make of the the starting lineup, Tom? When we had a chat last week, Les and the late flag, we were talking about what we thought the team would be, and we were saying like we expected a lot of changes, and um, but we were we were expecting a strong side, and that's what we got really, wasn't it? And it was, I think, I think the team itself looked it was quite balanced. That we had. Plenty of experience in um, in the midfield. We had exceptional strikers in Gabco and Jota, and we had young Ben Doak. And I think at the same at the back as well, where you know we got Canate and and and, and young Girel, who I thought had another outstanding game. And um, I thought Costas played really well as well overall. And yeah, and and, and Curtis, who fits. Who played it? He played a funny role in the inverted role, but didn't let anybody down. And I thought, thought the team was good. And I thought, I thought the first half was a bit. But we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll, we'll just talk about the team selection. So, Pete, were you surprised that the Curtis was given the armband and was was playing right backers going the going the game when we had the team? You know, we, we were having a chat about who we thought would play right back. And a couple of people thought it might have been Endo. Sort yeah, of, I thought, uh, yeah. um, but but Jamie said, you know, the way the team, they're setting out the team, it looks as though it's Curtis. And I thought, to be fair, he did okay. So, we, after, and again, you know, because we've got, you know, a lot of our players are fit at the minute and they've, they've all had a, you know, a good pre-season and a full pre-season. You know, were able to play strong teams in in all games now. I mean, even if that's not your first choice side, it's still a strong side. And and as Tom said there, it was a well balanced side as well, wasn't it? You know, all right, defensively, you could you could sort of put a question mark about Curtis playing at right back. But other than that, you could say that the uh, the team was really well balanced. And that that question mark isn't to doubt Curtis's performance in any way. It's just to doubt that that isn't his normal position. Yeah, right. When you saw the, the team, like the 11, we were having a drink before the match, and I said, I think they're going to go to a more sort of traditional back four with Endo there. And I was surprised, as I say, when they lined up that uh, Curtis was there. But I think he had a really good game, and it was made up the ovation he got. And I think people who match going red certainly... I'd appreciate that lad now. 
you, you always get a few idiots dissenters saying, oh, he does nothing, he passes the ball back, he's slow. But the last, you know, the last few games, he's been a revelation, I think. And and I was made up for the ovation he got coming off last night. To get the armband as well for the Scousers, to, to, you know, to to get the armband and, and captain the club is great as well. But when you look at the team, you know, there are, there are experienced players starting, but I suppose he was the obvious choice for the armband, really. Um, when you look around, you know, you. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm looking at the team now, the starting lineup, and he probably was the obvious choice. I mean, he he's only young, but he's been there how many years now, and he knows. You know, he's. I just think he, he was he was the best choice, and he didn't let the he didn't let the club down last night. He he played that inverted role, and I've said for a while now. I think the only one who can play it to the best ability is Trent. I think he is the one. And others, others like Joe Gomez have done it and Curtis last night. And they, and they never let us down. They played it well. But I do think everyone calls it the, the Trent role. And I think that's for the reason. I think he is the best one at the club for doing it. But I thought he played really well. I thought Endo had a good game last night. Certainly in the second half, he played well. Um, Harvey Elliott had a good game as well. And a buffer, buffer him not taking that chance towards the end. That would have really put the, the cherry on the top because I thought he had a good game, Harvey Elias. But I think yeah. throughout, you know, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll pick our he had a good game, Pete. Yeah. Past his finishing, I don't think he could have finished this dinner last night. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Finishing. I think there was one in the first half and that one towards the end where he, you were just asking him to hit it first time and he tries to control it. But you can go through the team and, I, you know, we'll obviously pick our man of the match later. Um. I don't think anyone was truly outstanding, but there were so many good performances. It, it's going to be a difficult one to pick later. So, Tom, we the, the game started. Liverpool get a free kick. Leicester cleared the ball. It goes to Costas. And about 30 seconds later, the ball's in the back of our net. A good finish by McAteer. Suspicions of offside, but I've seen it again, and I don't think it was. It was really close. I thought it was a foul because where I am in the cop, you know, the, the, the incident happens in front of Pete and the main stand ultras. So, you know, you can't sort of really see, but it looked a foul. Looking at it tonight again, when I looked at the highlights quickly, I don't think it was. I think Costa should have, should have done better. Um, and yet we find ourselves one down. So what did you make of the, the goal we conceded? Yeah, it was a soft one, Les, wasn't it? When you think we were caught on a sucker punch, really, by, as you say, Costa's going down. See, that that's one of my gripes, you know, like, and it, I know play, all players do it, but if you go down and you try to win a foul and you're not hurt and you stay down, that, to me, is bad, really. If you're not hurt and you go down, get back up and chase, you know what I mean? But... While he was down on the down on on the floor, they they broke quickly. They isolated. They bypassed young 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 Jarrell. But it was a good, really good ball, and he broke quickly. That lad McIntyre. It was a good break, and it was a, it really was a good finish, right in the corner away from from well from Kelleher. But um, yeah, I thought I thought to be honest, I thought, and that was really the only more or less thing in the first half. He had a a few air and scare them, but they didn't really hurt us again, did he? We we sort of got control. I agree with with, with both of you over Harvey. 
I thought Derby Elliott had a great game. The word they used last night to me, lad, was he's, he hasn't half matured. He, for one so young, he puts in performances which are like way beyond the, his age. You know, like I thought he was brilliant in his, his ball retention, in his tackling, in his chasing. I agree about his, I think he, I think two or three times last night, he, he took a touch too many. I think, especially, I think the one down the cop end was criminal, really. Yeah, though, he, he, oh, that was screaming to be it first time. And for some bizarre reason, he, he took one touch and then he pushed it wide and then needed another touch and he's lost it. You know what I mean? And everyone's screaming at him. Well, apart from that, I thought he had a, I thought he had a really good game. I agree again with, with Endo. And I'm not going to say who my man of the match was, but I thought Endo had a really, really good game. I thought he, first, first five or ten minutes, he looked a little bit off, but then he, he grew into it. He sort of, he sort of to realise that grabbing match was there and he was prepared to, to do a bit of running and a bit of chasing. And I think that gave him a little bit of confidence and he, he started to play his more natural game. And I thought he looked quite good, you know, Les. You know, like, yeah. I mean, and I'd been a little bit critical of him because I thought he lacks that little bit of yard of pace, but he showed up last night. I thought he was good. I thought the front lads, as as we've talked about all the time, the front lads are so dangerous. You know, like, it doesn't matter who you've got out. Young Ben, I suppose we'll talk about young Ben in a minute, but but overall, yeah, I thought I was well happy with the what, what I saw last night. Pete, so we go one down after about three minutes. And then we seem to do everything but score in that first half. We have hit the bar. We have, you know, Jota sort of getting the ball stuck between his legs. Because I think he actually runs past it and the, you know, he couldn't adjust his feet quickly enough. You know, it, we, there was a possible penalty Shouts for a for a challenge on on Ben Doke, and it just didn't seem to want to go in in the first half. So, what did you make of the the the, the first half performance and the the failure to take our chances to come along? Well, going back going back to your question, really, I didn't think it was a foul on Costa. I thought he I thought he stayed down to try and con the refs to be honest I've looked at it since he did get a little nick on, on his Achilles but I don't think he's enough for him to go down like he did um, and like Tom said he just carved his open and did, did a good counter the second side and even though they were playing probably their second string <clears throat> or a lot of their second string you can see that the you can see the coaching that they've had and the, the, they're not top of the league for, you know, for no reason they're not there by fluke they are a good side but like you say, we got back into it and I was just worried coming on half time that we did the bar, we'd had one, I think Cody cleared one off the line. Like you say, we probably could have had a penalty when Ben Doak was so some I don't know what the terminology would be. That that lad at the back, Jesus Christ, I wouldn't fancy a tackle off him, but we went in unceremoniously one dumped is the way yeah, he said. You could have said ceremony. Yeah, he was done. Um and I was saying to the fellow next to me, I said, I hope it's not one of these games where, you know, it, it's going to be with it in the bar, with it in the post, the cleared off the line. And it was good. I know I know, we're going to speak about the second half separately, but it was good that we got the early goal in the second half. And it, it was a platform then. We weren't sort of having to chase and chase, you know, too much. 
but I thought we played some nice football in that first half. Like you say, Ben Doak was he had the left back on toast a couple of times, and then I think he got a bit wise to him, and they were starting to match him. But um, I I was made up with with Gakpo as I say, um, his performance and maybe a slow start, but he grew into the game, and I thought he played really well last night. Gakpo, I thought he had a cracking game. So yeah, so <clears throat> I can't remember really. Quivine being stretched in the goal other than the goal, to be honest. I can't remember him being really, you know, having to pull out any worldies and that. So we went in one down and like we've been doing all season, you go one down, but you don't really worry about this Liverpool team not coming back. You know that they've got it in them to come back. And as I say, the early goal in the second half was just the right time because I think if it had gone to 60 minutes or something like that and we were still one down, you can see Leicester shutting up shop and that. But um, because we got the goal back early, we, we had all that time to, you know, to play it out. But um, I wasn't too despondent with the performance at half time. I was despondent with the fact that everything we hit just didn't go in for whatever reason, you know. And we missed a couple of chances, and then the woodwork and and Cody on the line stopped us. So that's what I was worried about. But the performance, I wasn't too unduly worried, you know. Tom, so we go as we goes in. 1-0 down at half-time. Like Pete said there, you know, I wasn't really that concerned. Leicester hadn't really threatened apart from the goal. It was only going to be our own sort of sloppiness that would let them in again, I thought. And they were riding the look very much at the back, playing out, and they, they nearly got caught a few times. Liverpool comes out at the start of the second half, and I just thought they upped the intensity and Leicester just couldn't couldn't get out of their half. They couldn't cope with the 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 extra intensity that Liverpool put in the game. And then we deservedly got the equaliser with uh, some lovely play by Ryan Gravenberch and um, a lovely finish by Cody Gakpo right into his feet. Good turn in the ball in his corner, in the corner of the net cop end. So. What did you make of that that goal and how Liverpool started the second half? Yeah, I think yeah, I think Jürgen had probably had had words with them, and, and I think he, we were a bit, you know, like although we were creating chances and and really we were we weren't really as fluent as you would have imagined the Liverpool side to be. But as you say, once they come out, I thought it was beautiful build-up play. Gavin Batches, I'm I'm. I'm getting Gavin Bates is, is getting. I'm really impressed with that lad. You know, Leslie. The more I see him, the more you can see there's 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 a lad with immense quality there, and you can see him and Gapco have played together along the way because they seem to understand. He seems to know where he was going. It was a brilliant ball, and as soon as it got to Cody, you you knew he was going to finish it. That's that's his forte, isn't it? He gets into them positions and he puts them away. Beautiful finish. And, um, as you as you said, we, I, I thought from that moment, I think we took control, and I think the crowd had relaxed a little bit. Although, as you 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 always felt that Liverpool were gonna were gonna go on and win the game because they couldn't have played. I don't believe as nice as they played and as good football as they played. I don't think they could have lived with Liverpool passing the ball as we did last night. And them running round for the full ninety minutes, I think that it would, we would have been too quick, too strong for them, and that. So I always felt that Liverpool had enough in the locker. 
Can we talk about the second goal? Well, we will do. We'll do in a minute. Um, so, I think I have to. I have to come to to Pete on this one. Um, so, after about fifteen minutes of the second half, Jurgen decides to make Pete's night, and after <laughs> Pete probably to hold it up his sign in the in the in the main stands to bring on Dominic. You know what I mean? I hold, I hold the sign up saying, "Can I have your shares?" Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Did you get it? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so after an hour, on comes Nunes and supposedly I and and then you know you know there's a debate going on. Is that the the hardest hit shot that you've ever seen hit at Anfield? Well, go on, Pete. Describe <laughs> your your best mate's goal. I think to be honest, his first two or three touches are awful. I think one touch he, he beats himself in the ball rounds of play. And I think he lost possession, but he, he won it back. But that I was right the angle it was from where he is it. And I, I was saying to the lads walking up to the pub, and one of them's like our Jack Sage, so he's only in his twenties. I said, unless you've seen it on YouTube or something, you won't know what I'm talking about. I said, but the ferocity of the goal was just like the Jan Mulvey against United. He didn't make that forty yard run, admittedly. Jan Mulby made, but the god, the shot at the end of it was probably almost the same position, and it just went like an arrow. And it was half like people cheering, and half of them were gasping. They, they were like just looking at him, and wow, how did that happen? And it was just the ferocity, and, and right in. And I think what made it look even better was it hit the underside of the bar, and then it really flew into the net, then you know. But um, yeah, his first few touches, I thought, hmm, he's gonna have a you know, he's due a stinker sometime. It might be so nice, but he got into it. And you mentioned um, Darwin coming on as well, and he gave his usual cameo where he just went round mad. He should have scored later on. He had a really good chance to score. But they just carried on. I mean, as you say, Leicester, for some reason, thought he could play like Brazil all nice. And they were playing the ball about in their own box from goal kicks and stuff. And it was only, it was inevitable they were going to get caught out. And when Nunes comes on, he just puts even more pressure on them. So, um, yeah, we just kept the impetus up, to be honest. And I think once that second one went in, there was a little bit of a scare at 2-1 when one of their lads had a run on the goal. And I think uh, Jarrell came back and made a really good tackle. <clears throat> but apart from that, I can't remember them being too in our faces. And I mean, it was great when the third one went in because we had breathing space. But, yeah, that shot, um, I don't know if we'll see one as as hard or as, as accurate as that for the rest of the season, you know? Tom, I think a little bit went unnoticed because of the quality of the strike was the excellent pass by Endo oh. to 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 give him the to give him the ball. He had a lot of other passes that he could have made there, Endo, but he, he, he picked he picked the right one and you know set up one of the, the great Anfield goals. And what I will say about that shot, you know we were right behind the goal. Um, and, you know, if it's a good job the net was there because somebody could have got seriously injured if that ball hadn't been, been protected by the net. And it's a wonder, it was hit that hard that, you know, it could have took the net with it. So what did what did you make of it, Tom? Pete oh, already mentioned the, the Jan Maldi one. I've got, I've got another one. I'll just say it before uh, before I come over mm. to you. One shot that I it wasn't actually a goal, but it led to a goal. And this is one for again 
for the older Neds. 1976-77, Liverpool are going for the league. They're playing Manchester City and Anfield in April time. Liverpool are winning 1-0. Manchester City equalise. And right from the kickoff, Jimmy Cates hits it's a ball from between the centre circle and the edge of the box on field road end. And honest to God, that is the hardest shot I've ever seen. And it actually nearly broke the crossbar. And it bounced back that far that Steve Iway was able to put the ball in the net. And Joe Corrigan was still looking to see where the ball had gone because he did it that hard. But Pete mentioned the Jan Mulberry one. That's right up there. So, come on, Tom, what did you make of it? And which is, are you up there with, with those two as being the, the hardest ones? Dad, do you know what, Les? I'm I'm like you. I'm where in where's you're in one oh four on the other side. I'm so you're on the far side of the cop. I'm more towards the, the King Kenny stand and then so we're just at the side of it. So we had a boss boss view of it. From the moment it left his foot, the keeper was still in midair and the ball had bounced in the back of the net. It was like <laughs> he was still flying in the air as the ball had gone. Do you know what? And our lead said to me and said, I have never seen a shot hit so far or so hard in my life. And you know what? It, it was a it was a tremendous goal. Just from but as you said, the ball back from Endo was brilliant. It was it was perfectly weighted, it rolled perfectly for him. And he just come up and smashed it. And like and I remember Jan's goal, and I remember Jimmy Case's crossbar shot. But I had I had a goal that always sticks in my mind. It was going back into when it was against Charlton. We drew three three, and Patrick Berger smashed one in from the edge of the box. And again, that was the sort same sort of thing. He hit it, caught it plumb on the volley, and it went in like a bullet. You know, like and you, you remember them type of goals, don't you? But I don't. I don't think many people will ever, ever, ever forget that <laughs> that Dominic's goal last night. And do you know what the funny thing is? All he said to me, he said, "You know what, Dad? Said, that won't be the last time we see him do that." You know, I think we said we we'll be seeing him doing that by the time he finishes at Liverpool. He, he said, "I think he might have a catalogue like Stevie G." I'm like, <laughs> what the what? The two goals he scored up to now have been two beauties, to be fair to the lad. Well, what a player, Les. What a player. I might be starting to be like Peter soon, I think. I think we, we, <laughs> we, all, we all are, but it's just, yeah. it's just the way that, um, you know, we, ha- we have to give Peter's gym. He's been, he's been like it's just the first um, late flag of the season against against Chelsea, where he's been, you know, madly in love with Mr. Supposedly I yeah. You know he's what I mean? He's his, he's his second son. Do you know? Do you know what I think makes it for them for me though, Pete? You know what? What I, I was saying this to, to to my nephew before when we were chatting, and he was saying, you know, like these the people say like a look and say you can see Sir Bosley I be you know like being 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 the being the, the catalyst of this this side, you know. But you know what I I was saying to me nephew you, you're looking at this side and it's oozing with quality we talked about mm. Nunes before and like I listened to what something that Gary Neville said he said he'd rather play Salah in his prime than play against Nunes because 
Nunes is is is, is everything, and I I think I think he terrorised defenders. He really does because you you don't know. Well, he, I see, he might miss so one. Predictable, I mean, he's, he's, oh my God, Pisa, so the speed of him. Yeah, that's he's what just, I mean. I think some of these defenders think they've got time on the ball, and he comes from nowhere. And if he doesn't win the ball, he at least puts so much pressure on them, they lose possession, you know. And his so, work excellently. So we look at, the, you know, about this catalyst and you've got Trent, who's, you know, everyone forgets Trent and you think, you know, like, what a footballer Trent is, you know. And, and you so all of a sudden you're looking at this team and there's so much quality in it, Les. Do you know... We keep saying all the time. I I think this side will go close this year. I think they really go close. If we if we get lucky with injuries this year, I think we'll we we will be really really close to Manchester City. And I I, I think I think it's it's like now you you find and everybody's got a role, but to have somebody like him in the team when you've got so much other quality around you. He just gives you that something, doesn't he? You know, like like something Lee said to me last night. Something like you know, like the Coutinho, like the like the Suarez. You know, like the something when 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 you're struggling in a tight game and you need a goal. He's got that something in it to his game. I, I think I think we've got a fabulous team, Les. Pete, so Dominic scores that you know <laughs> world class, wonderful, brilliant takes your breath away goal and then we couldn't seem to get the third one you know Cody has one that it's the bar um, then you know the ball bounces down Harvey Elliott has a swing of it and it nearly goes out for a throw in um, you know for, for about six yards out um, and then you know in the 89th minute you know Jarrell Kwanzaa wins the ball goes into the box plays a perfect Ball to, the, to 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 Diego and and a flick and it's it's three one and game over. But within that time, Harvey then manages to to take three touches when one will do and doesn't even really get a shot away. He's two yards out and manages to hit the, a defender on the goal line. So I think well while we've seen an exhibition of you know world class shooting from Sabozin. Excellent finishing from Cody and, and Jots. We uh, Harvey shoulders, despite his really decent all round game last night, that he needs to work on his finishing. Let us say in training. Yeah, well, it's you come out the, out of games like that, like you do most weeks with Liverpool. In fairness, you say could have been five or six there, easy, and there were good chances and and. You know, scruffy sort of finishes and and the crossbar and that. But I wouldn't be too harsh. I mean, if we'd have been nil nil at the time and Harvey Elias had flipped his lines, I'd have been up in arms myself. I'd have been screaming. But that's the point, though, Pete. It might have been nil nil. I know it wasn't, and we can laugh about it now and have a joke about it. But those chances could come at a nil nil or a one one. That's it. I mean, they're the they're the games that we're gonna look and say, well, we could have should have sort of thing. And he's not the only one. I mean, I think Nunes probably should have done better with the chance he had where the ball comes through. I, I I know he was trying to, he obviously had to bypass the keeper, but I thought he should have got that one on target. Um, and it, 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 it always seems to be the same with Liverpool. They, they, they create some chances in games 
But for whatever reason, they either come up against the goalkeeper who's inspired or they just they're just poor finishing. Um but yeah, it's something I'm sure it's something that the clock will work on, Harvey Elliott with him, because he does get into good positions. Um yeah, as you know, like you say, I bet you were screaming at him from the cop. I was a bit more phlegmatic, but I, I thought his overall game was he had a good game last night and it, it would have been great for him to score, get on the score sheet. Uh, just to cap it all off, sort of thing, you know, but it wasn't to be. I'm not so critical of him, Les. Les. I don't look back at games like that when chances are missed when you win. So, you know, that sometimes that happens and you think, well, you know, like, you know, a chance will come along and he'll put a chance away eventually. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's, it, circumstances, I think, at certain times. He's, sometimes, even if you played where you played, we've all played the game ourselves, some days you can go out. And yeah, and everything you do works well. Other days you couldn't hit a barn door, and you know what I mean. It's it that's football, isn't it? I, I never judge like that, and, and I don't think about well, what happens in the next game if he misses the chances. If the chances have come along, I'm sure given it, he'll put a chance away like he did in Wolves in in when we needed him in the FA Cup. So I I, I I'm I can I walked I walked I, I don't. I'm not too critical about the game. I laughed about the chances missed because we weren't comfortable. But like, it's like it's like them as Pete said. Nunes had a couple of chances there, which I would have expected him to bang two in. So I'm not. I wouldn't be critical of Nunes neither as well. So a good night was all, and a good draw at the end of it. So yeah, what, what could you yeah. ask for? Yeah, that's right. So so just ask you now about. You know, what you thought of the performance of a couple of players. We'll start at the back with, and I'll start with you with this one, Tom, Jarrell Kwanzaa. Oh, brilliant again, Les. Brilliant. You know, like, yeah, I remember we knew having a conversation with Peter as well, and we were early on, and you were telling us about Vlad, and you were saying you wondered about whether his pace, but he, he seems to, I don't know where he's been working on his pace, but he seems... He seems pretty, pretty sharpish, doesn't he? And he's developing into a deep, really, really decent football. And as you said the other week, if we'd have bought him from somewhere, you'd have been raving about this kid. He he, he looks the part, doesn't he? And he's not got, I don't think he's going to let you down. If we need him in any big game, I, I wouldn't feel scared of bringing him through, would you? No, I thought he played. He played really well. And his, you know, the assist, that he made at the end capped off a really good and impressive night for him, considering that was his, his full his full home debut. Yeah. Schoolboy era. <laughs> Schoolboy era. <laughs> yeah. That was that was Harvey Elliott to tell me to lay off. <laughs> um, oh god. But yeah. But I did, I thought you know. Sort of handling his, his full home debut really well. You know, he was really calm, good on the ball, did, did what he needed to do defensively. And as I say, his performance was capped by that, the assist. So I'll move on to you now, Pete. What did you make of Endo? I thought he had a good game last night. Like 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 you both said, the, the pass for uh, Sobber's last goal was great. Um, but I just thought he... I mean, it's a bit unfair that people have been having a go at Endo because you think of the, the games that he's come on and, and at both occasions we were down to 10 men. So we couldn't be too, 
you know, expansive in his play, but he, he, he reads the game well and he, his, his passing's good. And I mean, I thought he was unlucky to get the book in, to be honest. I thought it was a good tackle, in fairness. But I thought overall, I thought, you know, you can easily say it was his best game because it was, I don't think he, he I don't think he, did he play against Lask? I don't think it was too good, the performance against Lask, but Lask, nice. I thought he, he played well. And as the game went on, he got better and better, to be honest. I thought he had a really good game. Tom, how about yourself? What did you make of Hendal? Yeah, I'm very impressed. As, I've, as Pete said before, he's a bit shaky for the first couple of minutes, but after that, he settled in and he, he, he plays really well. One of the better players on the night, one of the more consistent all the way through the game. So, did the job that he was supposed to do, played the six comfortably and played really well, you know, against a good breaking side. And so I was really impressed with him. I was made up for him as well. Because you don't want to come to a club and then you come into it and then everybody thinks, oh, this lad's not good enough, you know. And and I, I think I think it was good for him to get a good game now. And the more games he gets, I think the better he'll become. I think we've got a good little player there, Les, a good squad player. I think you you don't think he'll let you down overall. Yeah, I thought I thought his passing was really good. I think that took a few people by surprise. How how good and crisp both his long and short passing was. I thought he also moved the ball quite quickly when he had the opportunity to. Um and you know it was all it was all good and you know we were all really impressed with with what we saw last night. So I'll I'll move on to you for this one Tom. What did you make of Ben Doak? Ben, uh, what can you say about young Ben Doak? I think that I think the lad is an exceptional talent. Les, it's he was a, he was a little bit he was a little bit you can see he's a little bit raw, but my God, what a player! What a player! I think when when you were talking about Harvey before about getting excited when he seen the thing of the goal, the same could be said of, of young Ben there. I think he he couldn't have hit that ball any harder. It's, I thought he was going to break the crossbar <laughs> from about three yards out. But again, he, another exceptional performance. It's hard to believe he's so young, isn't it? You know, yeah. like he's absolutely brilliant. I think he's going to be an exceptional player, Les. I think he's one of them lads that I think he's uh, he'll be there for a long, long time. Such such a talent. Hello. Well, we've got to be oh, gentle sorry. with him, haven't we? We've got to yeah. you know introduce him into the game slowly and bring him on. Pete, what did you make of Ben Doak? I just think, like Tom said, for the kid, he's seventeen, isn't he? I think he's only yeah. seventeen. He's fierce, yeah. like I mean, he's up against two or three. Brutes at the back there last night. Big lads, pacey lads as well, and he, he could handle themselves, but he never shared once. You know, and as I say, he probably <clears throat> on another day could have not won as a penalty, but have been awarded a penalty because it was a really tough challenge on him. But he, he, he never shakes. You know, if he if he tries something and it doesn't come off, he, he won't go hide. And, and technically, for a 17-year-old, he's brilliant. I mean, the way he controls the ball and then the one thought in his mind, get your head down and beat that defender. And as I say, he had the left back on toast for the first 15, 20 minutes. And then I think he starts he started to rise up to him and he just sort of stood off him a bit. He wasn't going to let him get past the knees, you know. <clears throat> but for a kid at 17, like Tom says, he could be here for years and years to come. And Hello. And stay, you know. Will, are you with us? Yeah, yeah. I'm with you, mate. I'm with you. Yeah. This is, this, come on. 
Go on, Tom. No, you, you, you should yeah, go this on. is this this is my nephew Will, and um, I took him to his first football match when he was a young boy, and now he's a little bit of fame on the traces, aren't you, Will? You are a little bit, a little bit. This is the love of my life. Right, go on, Les. By the way, right, okay. So we just talked about Ben Doak's performance last night, Will. Um, what did you make of his his performance? Um, do you know what? I'll be completely honest. I think at the moment, do you remember last season when we had our reserves playing? You'd always have a certain amount of anxiety because they're not as good as what we have now. So right now we can play players, rotation players that are not rotation players. So as such like Gakpo, we can play really good players who aren't the starting eleven to play with these young players without having to worry about... Uh, like injuries, that sort of stuff. So it lets them shine. And I think Ben Doak is, he's scary. You know, when he gets the ball, he's rapid and he's not scared of anything. He just goes for it. And he's got the confidence to rip apart teams in the future. Yeah, spot on. I think that that's the big thing about his game for me is that, you know, for somebody so young, he's got confidence in his own ability and he doesn't feel overawed no matter who he's playing against. And if he loses the ball once, it doesn't diminish his confidence. He just goes back again. And thinks, right, if, if I don't if I don't beat him this time, I'll beat him next time. And so, I think yeah, yeah. Like, like I think personally, like um I was speaking to Tommy earlier that Liverpool four years ago, three years ago, we had this swagger. When we went on the pitch, it wasn't arrogance, it was we're gonna do our thing. And I think when the young players come into that, and I feel like at the moment Liverpool are getting to that point where they just go and do it and they know what they're doing and they're confident now, the young players are playing so much better. Like if you look at the young players that are playing for us now, they're surrounded by confident players. They play with confidence. And Ben Doak is, yeah, he's incredible. And like in my opinion, I think he's better than Harvey Elliott when Harvey Elliott was his age. Yeah. Top. Did you notice there that Will used the word confidence that you didn't believe in last year? Please, so, please don't. <laughs> I, you, you know that I give you, I give you the confidence word at the start of it. You did. Don't play on the on the C word. We will not use the C word today. Confidence, confidence is a state of mind. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but they, but they have it. Like the the confidence they have. Like look at Diogo Jota yesterday, right? When you were a striker. If you miss several goals, you're anxious about the next shot you take, right? But to have the confidence to finish the ball that he did yesterday just shows his confidence in himself. He's like, I always look at him and I think, you know, when he goes wrong, he always goes to Klopp, look what I'm about to do now. You know, that's his mentality. It's not like, oh, I'm doing rubbish, I'm scared to shoot. It's like, watch what I'm about to do now. And I think the confidence that they have now, compared to last year, we didn't have confidence in them last year. We didn't have any confidence that if we went down 1-0 last year, we were scared. And we've gone down 1-0 the last five games. But we haven't been anxious because we know what team we have now. Yeah, that's spot on that. So we'll move on to, to your man of the match from last night. So I'll start with you, Tom, because we know what Pete's going to say. No, you don't. Do you know, <laughs> do you know, do you know what... I'm, Again, yeah, I always try to do two, and I wanna, I wanna, I wanna do the same. I thought, I thought there was lots of players I thought played really well, 
But I thought Jirel, I thought, had an outstanding game. I thought, I thought Harvey had a, a really good game. But I'm going to give the man of the match to, to somebody, I think, who worked his socks off and I thought, and he deserved it. So I'm going to give it to Endo Les. OK. Pete? Um, right. Like Tom, I've got a few names. I thought um, Endo had a good game. I thought Gakpo had a great game. And the, the longer the game went on, he, he got better and better. He's, he's closing down. Um, I thought Curtis Jones played well in, in an unfamiliar role. But I think just because of the assist towards the end and the way he played through the game, I'll give it to Jarrell. Yeah, I'm sort of in the same boat as you, Peter. I thought that there was a number of players last night who, who sort of played well. I thought Cody Gakpo had a good game. I thought Endo did very well. But like you, for his assist, that just capped his performance for me. So I go for Jarrell Kwanzaa. Over to you, Will, who was your man of the match last night. So similar to you guys, it's not it's it's hard to pick one person, but obviously Sabozlai stands out to everyone. I don't like that he's being compared to Gerard that much, just because let him be himself, let him do his own thing, let him become Sabozlai. Like, and you know, the shot he took was with so much confidence, and he tried it again. He tried it, he tried it again, and that confidence he's got. I'd give him man of the match, but that's too predictable. But I'd give it to Kwanzaa. The reason being is when he assisted Jota, I had to like replay it in my mind because I was like, why, why is he there? Like he was so far up the pitch. And it reminds me of, you know, Matip's adventures. Matip loves an adventure. You know, it, he just goes forward and drives the ball. And that's what we need. We need goals from multiple areas of the field. That's how we, we, we won the Premier League, the Champions League. Like if you look at the Premier League stats, our scorers aren't top of the league, like top of the league at the moment, but it's because we're distributing goals. So him just that driving force that he did yesterday, I was so impressed with someone of his age. He's been with us for 15 years. Like, yeah, he deserves man of the match. Yeah. So today it was announced that Liverpool yeah. got investments. Dynasty Equity, I think they've paid something like 164 million for around about three percent, or just over three percent. Reports the the local media. So, Tom, what did you make of that news when it was broke, sort of early afternoon? Come as a bit of a shock, really, Les, didn't it? You know, like like how there's been no talk about the investments. You know, as we when we had Paul Joyce on and we had JP, they were they were saying, well. You know, stuff could be going on, but, you know, there's there's no real talk. But to come out of the blue, and it, it's 3%, but is, is the 164, what's it going into, Les? Is it, is it, is it well, just... Yeah, I was listening to um, a, a, a podcast on the Anfield Rap earlier today with, yeah. with the, the, the Echo Finance expert, and he was saying that, as far as he's aware, the money's already come into the club and already being used to, to pay off bank loans, reduce debt, etc., um, etc. Et so for me, Pete, that's not a bad thing because if you're reducing debt, then that gives you more more scope in the future if you need to delve in the transfer market. That's yeah, the way I, I, think, I think. When, I think when fans of any club hear that there's investment coming into the club, the first thing they think of is, well, let's go out and buy half a dozen players, and it doesn't work like that. And I think you're right. I think this money that's come in is 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 paying off 
bank debts, really. But further down the line, like you say, that would release funds from elsewhere that would have otherwise paid them bank debts. Off. And it showed that it's done that in the past. So I was watching something with uh, Wenger and Klopp talking, and it was about Klopp's um, getting us out of debt near enough. You know, when we win in Champions Leagues and stuff, a lot of that was apparently going to debts and stuff. But that allows us to be able to invest in the future because we haven't got that much debt. And I feel with an investment, with Liverpool, we're, we're sneaky, man. Like, we, it's really hard to get a leak in Liverpool anymore. You know, years ago, you get leaks here and there. But nowadays, you just something just turns up on the news. Like, we didn't know about McAllister, really, or any of the transfers. It just happens. And that's the same with the investment. I had no idea about any investment. Haven't, had, hadn't heard of anything. And then all of a sudden, we're getting some kind of investment and it's good for us. I feel like, realistically, we need it as well. Yeah, Tom, so just remember, listen to what your will said and don't get wound up about the so-called in, in the nose on Twitter when they're feeding you false information. Do, do, you, know, <laughs> do you know what? That's, I, I'm going to put that down as two hoops which have not wriggled to, to either of tonight. <laughs> and I will not wriggle. <laughs> to be fair, well, wait, to I'm be too, fair, yeah. I message Tommy all the time and I hear things from Tommy just as quick as Fabrizio Romano. I hear it just there as quick you from go. Tommy. <laughs> there you go. You told me about Fabinho yeah. about three days before I even heard about it. Two, three days before. I... Told me. <laughs> oh. That's that's one for the future. So yeah, we have we have a network. We have a network. Our network is not. It could be. It's all right. It's, it's a bit hit and miss, isn't it? Yeah, more more miss than hit and miss. And can I can I can I say something about your guys' podcast? Right. So I've been on a lot of podcasts, and honestly, this is the most football intelligent Liverpool podcast I've ever listened to. Like you lot, tell us scores from the 70s and 80s that you can't even get on YouTube anymore. And I'm just overwhelmed by the knowledge of you guys. So well done, honestly. Thanks. Appreciate your, your nice comments. Yeah, we, we try our best. It was, I mean, to be fair, it was Tommy's idea to sort of get the podcast up and running. And we have to say a big thank you to, to Dave Downey. Um, oh, God, yeah. Because without Dave and, and his help at the at the start, telling us what we needed to do and give us giving us the confidence to be able to go and do it. We wouldn't be in the in the situation we are now. So, you know, you know, we're really enjoying doing the podcast, and it it doesn't bother us whether we get fifty listeners, a hundred listeners, or you know, two hundred listeners, as long as we're enjoying it. And that's that, the- and that's the thing. It's about being enjoyable. But let me tell you one thing. I'm going to big up my uncle one more time. I remember I watched. I was watching an FA Cup game, I think, with Tommy and um, Trent was playing and he was in midfield. And I remember Tommy saying he's going to end up playing in defence because he won't get game time as midfielder. I remember him saying that and he was about 16, 17 in the game of the FA Cup at your house in where you was living before, yeah. Tommy. But I remember you saying that. And but honestly, your guys' knowledge is ridiculous. That anybody I ever speak to, I, I listen to your podcast, and I'm like, I don't know half of what you're talking about. Sometimes <laughs> we don't. <laughs> that's the secret. That's the secret. Yeah. Well, that's the secret. Yeah. If you just go yeah. on, people think yeah. we know what we're talking about. <laughs> just make it up. 
Mate, well, I remember when we played Colchester, one fifteen nil. Do you remember that, everyone? In, in the 60s, everyone would just say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right, my yeah. Mi- my missus calls me Stasso, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not one for dates. I mean, Les can rattle off dates and stuff. I remember oh, matches right. from when I was a kid, so now but, I don't always remember the dates and that, but I can remember, I can just remember flashbacks to games that have happened 30, 40, 50 years ago, you know. Just but, but that's the it. same with Tom, that. Tommy will come up with dates and all sorts. And I'm like, I really got into football during, I remember Tommy took me, my first game was like when we had El, El Hadji Juf, Dudek and all that. And unfortunately, unfortunately, that well. I know, it's all right. I still stuck with them though. And then, you know, like after that, I followed Liverpool, like with the inch of my life, you know, like inch of my life. But their past, it's, it's hard to get updated. There's so much past. Unless you was there and lived it, it's really hard to get updated with it. But you guys, honestly, yeah. I love your podcast. I listen to it all the time. And I've been, a, thank you for letting me come on it. No oh. worries. It's our, well, it's our pleasure that you have the privilege that you've come on and joined us for, you know, for the last part of the show. So we'll just move on and, and start to preview the game against Tottenham. Oh. So mm-hmm. I think this will be a difficult game on Saturday, Tom. Tea time kickoff under the lights of. You know, the new Tottenham Stadium. Tottenham have had a really good start under their new manager, and I won't ask you to say his name. Pastor um, Cogley. Hey! Pastor <laughs> hey! Cogley. Yeah, and anyway, you know, the, the it's really going to be an interesting team selection from Jürgen because, you know, since it's back now in full training, you've got, um, if you played the full... Uh, 90 plus minutes last night but then on the other hand Joe Gomez and Joel Matter have done extremely well when they've mm. been in the side and so you know neither of them were on the pitch last night so which way do you think Jürgen will go with with the defensive side of the team for, for the weekend Tom? I think do you know what I think he, I've got this funny feeling he'll go with, with, with Joel he done really well didn't he you know last game and um, so it'd be be interesting Les I think he'll go with I think Robbo will come back I think Trent will play if he's fit I think Matip it'd be unusual to play um, Canate two games on the trot you feel a bit cruel on Joe because he never let anyone down but I just think I, I just think he'll go with Joel and he carries the ball better than most most players, doesn't he? From from the back, so I I think that will probably be the the back line. It's interesting that the team he'll put out because what what's he going to do with midfield? Curtis has done so well in there, and you know, like you've got Gravenberg, Birch, you had you know, like a game. So it's going to be inside the the, the team. I think the the front three. I think he'll go with the front three. He left Diaz and Nunes on the bench, so I, I presume that them they will play, and I think Salah will play. I think it'll. I think as you say, it's going to be a tough game. But you know what, Les? Of all the things I've watched this season, when I've watched Tottenham, they give chances to nearly every team they've played, and I, I know they come back, but I think if they give chances to Liverpool, I think Liverpool could be out of sight. You know. Let's hope so. So, Will, what do you reckon come come Saturday uh, time? 
when the when the team drops, do you reckon that it will be an instant recall for Trent? Do you think Joel Matip will keep his place, or do you think Ibu will be recalled? Um, honestly, I think the team will near enough stay the same, apart from defence. Um, not for the last game, from um, the weekend game. I think um, Kanate should come back, but because he just played 90 minutes, I don't think that's a good idea. But Matip, I think Matip's been playing really good. Trent, hopefully, is back. Midfield, in my opinion, with Curtis, McAllister, Sabozla, I think that should stay the same. And the front three, I think they're perfect at the moment. I think, like... I'm sick of people slagging off Nunes saying he's missing shots, right? But when I watch the Man City games, Haaland misses loads of shots now. If you watch it, he misses loads, but then he scores. It's like a if you throw shit at a wall, some of it will stick. That's what it's like. And that's what I'm happy with the attack. With the attack, we can put people on. And last year we couldn't we couldn't put the people on that we can now. Like putting on Ox to change a game is not gonna change a game. You know. We can put on players, but I think the starting eleven should be the same as it was last Premier League game. Kanate possibly if he's fit and he's okay after playing in midweek, but if not, Matip, Van Dijk, Trent, and I think that's our best eleven. Actually, I think that would be our best eleven, not including Kanate. Please, can you see? Can you see Jurgen bringing Trent right back in when he has another game? For three weeks, um, or do you think he might start him on the bench and you know, and then he's got he can put him on you know to affect the game later on and start with Joe Gomez? Yeah, certainly mm. not. Yeah, <clears throat> that is always the worry when someone's been out for any length of time. I know it wasn't a, a massively bad hamstring injury, but he missed a few games. Um, but you know, you look at the squad now, and I think apart from Thiago, I think everyone's fit, more or less fit. So it's going to be interesting. I think the midfields where where he's going to have the headaches to play because you would think Curtis Jones will keep his place, but like Ryan Gravenberch had a good game last night. Harvey didn't have a bad game. Um, is he going to play Gakpo ahead of Nunes? I doubt it because he played more or less, you know, the full game. So I think I think the, the front three will be Diaz, Nunes, and Salah. I would think that'll the thing the, the thing is when you play Gakpo, I feel like it's he looks lost sometimes. You know, when you watch when we're in play, he looks a bit lost. He doesn't really know where he's going sometimes. He's just running around. Like, where, mate, Nunes and Diaz, you know? But the thing is, what I love about Diaz, as a sub, he changes the game. So I like him as a sub. I like Diaz when he comes on later on and changes things up. But... Nunes does like, that as well, doesn't he? Yeah, like, yeah. Nunes comes on and does it. So you wonder whether is he going to make him a you know a starter? I mean, one one lad we haven't mentioned at all tonight, and he, he had a little cameo last night with Stefan. And when he came, yeah, on, he played well. brilliant. Now, I don't think he's ready to start possibly, but literally we we've, we've got an abundance of players in midfield, as I say, apart from Thiago, yeah. everyone's best. Everyone's and the, yeah, and I I agree with you, and I think that at the end of the transfer market, in our heads we were all thinking we didn't buy a centre back, we're in trouble. But the young centre-backs are coming through and like the defensive mids and stuff, and they're doing well. So we don't feel, feel that bad. Like Quonser, Bichetic, like we feel okay about them coming in. We don't feel, I don't know if you guys feel nervous when they play, but I don't. I feel no. like they've got no. the... the no. Yeah, but, but last year, if we made substitutes, I was nervous. 
And this year, I just don't feel that nerves that I felt last year. Like we've the last five games, right? We've gone behind, and the last four out of five of them, we've run one three one, and it's. But last season, when we went down in the first ten minutes, you were scared to see if we'd go back to winning. But this season, it's just like okay, they're scored. We've got the firepower. We've got the subs. We'll be fine. Let, look, Les, look what happened to Les. Les, Les, Les aged about 10 years after last season, Les, didn't you? Oh, but last season. I tell you, it was just it was just so bad, wasn't it? You know, the midfield didn't have any legs. They were getting run through. We didn't have any options up front because of the injuries. The, the defence was suffering because of the midfield. The forwards were suffering from the midfield. Terrible. And, and, and the thing is, yeah, go on, Les, sorry. Yeah, and as I say, it's just the case now. Where you know, supposedly I McAllister, all the midfielders, you know, Curtis Jones coming in the side towards the end of last season, you know, and proving it, you know, to himself and to everybody else that he was worthy of a starting place. You know, his performance last mm. week at home was probably as good as he's given, you know, for the club. <laughs> and I just think that. You know, the, the, the whole squad have got confidence in each other now. And the other thing I was just going to say there to back up what you were saying is, how many players have scored this season when they've come on as substitutes? You know, yeah, New, New, Newcastle, Jota, Harvey Elliott. You know, last night it was supposedly I. You know, and, and, and that's the thing. You've, you've just got so many players now who can affect the game. And, and as Tom said, you know, a few times this season, and we all agree with him, there's no team, I don't think, anywhere, not just in the Premier League or in Europe, that's got the abundance of attacking not, talent. We've not got. at all. Not Do at you all. think Trent will start, Les? Me, I think, I think Trent will be on the bench myself. Mm. I, think it's too big a, I think it's too big a gamble to start him against Tottenham Ooh. when yeah. he hasn't kicked the ball in a competitive game. And, and don't forget... That's not and and Tottenham, we stalemate with them a lot. We, do you know what I mean? It's always a tough game. But I was going to ask you guys this. So, you know, last year we had this defensive problem. I have three reasons why I think there was a defensive problem. And I want you to agree or disagree, right? One of them was, right, the midfield, obviously. Then the other one was the invincibility of Virgil van Dijk. You know, when you go against players and in your eyes, they're invincible. He he lost that invincibility. You, you know, when people were scared of him, they were like, oh my God, he's Virgil, we can't get past him. But now he's vulnerable. You know, it's like people will try run past him now when they wouldn't, like when he was at his best. And then the other thing was, it's just the fact of the chemistry between the players. Like the, the passing last season, like, and we'd go down at the beginning of near enough every game last season. It was ridiculous. But, like I said earlier, we were anxious then. You know, when we went down last season, we were scared that we'd ever score past them again. This season, it reminds me of when Klopp came in and bought Salah and our defence weren't great, but we'd score five goals and concede three. You know, that, that era when we just keep scoring and concede. And I'm scared that it's going to become that. When we go against bigger clubs like Tottenham or Man City and stuff, if we can't close it off in the first 10 minutes, that's going to become a real issue because they'll capitalise on that. I don't think I don't think Virgil's lost his invincibility. I think I think what what was I think that we no midfield so they could run out but we had players mm. where we had 
we had sort of centre backs where the players were running through, so the players were exposed. I think Virgil, I think Virgil gets un, unfair stick at the moment. So I think he's yeah. one of them players at the moment. He's he, he seems to get, and you know what? It always comes back when he he goes away and plays international football. He gets a good kicking by the Dutch press. I think it's because yeah. of how laid back he is, and I, I, I think he comes back. So I I think Virgil's is at. He's thirty-two. He's never. He's, he's not going to be as brilliant as he was when he was in his twenties, yeah. late twenties. But I still reckon there's no not many out there better than what you reckon, Pete. I'll tell. Wait, can I say yeah. one thing oh, about this yeah, quickly? On. I want to say one thing. So the other, I got invited to watch England train. Right, not that long ago, I got invited to watch them train. I got to meet them because they all play the traitors. You know, when they're they're away, they play the traitors. The TV shows on, and then. They all come over like, well, Trent looked at me and he went, you, you. And I took a photo with him, had a laugh. And then Pickford came over and he goes, you, you're, uh, what did he say to me? He went, you're dirty, you, you know, because I backed some people. And I went, you're dirty, you, you fuck Virgil. And <laughs> I swear my life. And that's what I said. I said to him and he went, and he went, ah, uh, no, no. And then I said to him, yeah, I went, you're telling me I'll punch a player in the face. And it was after the whistle, so it's not a red card. And he went, ah, oh, no, 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 and just sort of moved on. He signed the ball, though. Still signed the ball. <laughs> but it's true, <laughs> though, isn't it? If, you, if yeah. you injure a player after after the whistle... He dropped it. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't, get a, he didn't get nothing for it. And they said it's because yeah. it was after the whistle. So if I walked up and punched a player, it just doesn't make sense. But yeah, yeah Virgil since then, is, I don't think he's been the same. He does show classes of it, but he's never been the same Virgil. No, I, I agree. I agree with you, Will. I think that injury. I'm not saying he's 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 a bad player, but I think since that injury, um, I think anyone who takes a bad injury like that, some of them get over it and some of them don't. But do you think it's a confidence thing or a fitness thing, like injury think, thing or confidence? I, I don't think with Virgil there's a lack of confidence. I don't think any of the Dutch lads lack confidence. They're a very confident race, the Dutch lads bordering on the arrogance at times. I mean, Sander Westerveld and, and you know, even Dirk Kaus, who were, like, you know, like a Trojan, but they, they never lack any confidence, the Dutch lads, so I'd never put it down to that. But I do think, he, you know, he, you know, age is another thing. It's like Tom said, you can't stop the clock. And, and mm. he's had, that was a bad injury he got. And he's, yeah, he's in his thirties now, you know, but I still think... But some he, of the best defenders in the world play till their their mid thirties, late thirties. Do you know what yes. I mean? Like defenders last longer, so he's not that much into his thirties. So, like you look at, um, what's his name? Plays for Chelsea. Uh, what, what's that? Thiago Silva. Yeah, Thiago. Yeah, Silva. He he he's still a great defender, and he's he's a lot older than Virgil. So Virgil. He defends the box, though, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't like it's easier to it's easier to defend the edge of the box when you're 37. And have you ever have you ever noticed this though? I know Virgil's defender from the halfway line, so it's have you noticed though most of the games that Virgil captains, like before Hendo left, we lose. I don't think it we shouldn't have a defense defender captain. We shouldn't have it. I don't believe I don't believe No, I don't believe that. Yeah. Hey? Oh. No, no. Listen, I don't believe that a defender or a goalkeeper should be a captain. I think they're too far back. I feel like 
in my opinion, I feel like it's they they should have their own line. So they kept they captain their own line, right? They captain their 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 back four or or back three or back five, whatever they're playing, and listen to the goalkeeper, whatever. And then the rest of the team should listen to the actual captain. Like, like, do you know what I mean? That's what I've seen over the years. Like, if you watch Virgil's games before Hendo left, where he took captainship, we've flopped like massively. Like, I think it. I I actually think I disagree with you because I actually think last season I think there was a culmination of things why Virgil wasn't at his best. We touched on the midfield. I think the other th- thing was was we finished the previous season so late, which was his first season back after the injury. And I thought, and I disagree with Pete on this, I thought he was back to his best in that season where we nearly done one or four trophies. Yeah. And I think the late finish, plus then he went to play international football, plus the the pre-season, which was very sort of rushed, and then the poor start of the season with all the injuries, plus the World Cup, that he was desperate to go to because he'd missed the Euros and was captain of Holland. I just think all those played a part yeah. in my the one that is best Yeah. You know what, what I do? What I'll say about the captaincy, I think that giving Virgil the captaincy has been an absolute masterstroke from Jürgen because I think it's given him a new lease of life. I think he's, mm. he's maybe not quite back to his best, but he's getting there. He's mm. got the best. And you can see there's a new enthusiasm to his game. And I actually feel as though, you know, all going, sort of going on, I think, you know, when we look back, maybe at the end of the season, we'll say, you know, that was a master so given Virgil the captaincy. It has given the extra responsibility as well. So I'll, I'll take back what I said. Like, <laughs> now I think about it, Les, yeah. you're more intelligent than me. I feel like, yeah, I agree. And He's then when not- you think about, we all complain. <laughs> like, like, I agree. You know, Liverpool, we played, what, 63 games? 63 games in that um, possible quad. Was it 63 games? Every possible yeah. game, right? Yeah. But then you don't account for the, the internationals and all of that. So, yeah. I, I get it. That That's a hard, hard run. Yeah. Right. So, it's prediction time. So, I'll right. start with you, Tom. What's your prediction for Saturday? Do you know what, Les? Unusually, I'm going for the 3-1. 3-1, eight, Tom? Yeah. Will? Um, I'm doing exactly the same. We've had 3-1 in four of the last five games. I say 3-1. They they score. We score first this time, though. Okay. Pete? I'm going for, <clears throat> pardon me, I'm going for the 2-0. I think we're going to shut them out. I think we're going to defend well. What? You don't think they'll score? I don't think so. Well, the... Who's playing? Who's going to be off top? I know Son's Son's a danger, but the other fella from who was at Everson. I hope I'm not thinking here, but I just think we can shut them out. To be honest, yeah, I'll go. I'll go for two one. I'm going for a two one Liverpool victory. I think it'll be a really tight game. Think it'll be a boring game, Les? No way will it be a boring no. game. I just think Liverpool, the way Liverpool are set up, Liverpool will be set up to win. You know, Tottenham play good football under the new manager, and I just think it'll be a really, really good game. And I just but, think but, they will come out on top. We said so, about that. We said that about we, the Champions League final, mate. That was the most boring yeah, game I've ever seen. It was. Well, I'd settle for the boring game and the same results. Yeah, so would I. And my yeah. wife supports Tottenham, so. Right. Anyway, <laughs> on that note, 
We'll end the latest edition of the LFC Red Poets podcast. As usual, thanks to Tom and Pete and our special guest, Will, for joining us tonight. And as I always finish the podcast by saying, justice for the 97, don't bite the sun, and you'll never walk alone. Until next time, see you soon and take care.